0: I don't tell people to walk on fire. I don't tell people to jump up and shout. I don't tell people to go up and down and jump on a trampoline. My pure focus with people is that everything that you want in your life is possible, and it is all up here. Hi, baby, up in the uh, I'm I'm only, only I'm uh, hi, Baby, up in the Huh. Sweet. So, uh, I'm Zane Jan excited to be here on your podcast, man. Uh, I'm a 27 year old entrepreneur. I run a company that will do over $400 million in revenue this year, uh, with over 600 W2 employees, over 3000 salespeople and, uh, excited to be here.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of stroke of success podcast. As y'all know, this podcast was made for a special reason. Um, my story, of course, with what I've been through, but with my own entrepreneur story, I was like, you know what? The other people out there have amazing stories also. And guess who I got across, Zan? Uh, interesting. I've been in- researching you for a, a minute now, Zan. I wanted to get into this. Welcome to the show, Zan. Thank you for jumping on today.
0: Of course, man. I'm excited to be here. It's going to be a fun podcast. Yes, sir. My goal, by the way, every, every, every po- podcast I hop on, my goal is to make it the best podcast for that guest. So provide. Let's have fun and entertaining and valuable time
1: that's it exactly provide values and where are you from what country you're from
0: yeah so my mom's from pakistan and my dad's from jordan so um i have a mix of blood in different places but i was raised here in the united states i moved here when i was six months old and uh since that point i've been here in the united states so obviously i've traveled the world i've done many things but uh the United States, I would say, is my first home uh, just because I've been here my entire life. I'm a proud American.
1: That's awesome. That's great to you know. So I'm from Pac- my mom and dad from Pakistan, by the way. Uh, what part of Pakistan are, you, are your mom's from?
0: Uh, Karachi.
1: Karachi. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. I've never been there. My my wife's in-laws, my in-laws have been there. I've been to Lahore. And cool. So, uh, yeah. yeah a, a long time ago. But um, so you came to America. How old were you?
0: Uh, when I came here, I was six months old.
1: Wow practically born here dude
0: right <laughs> exactly that's what i'm saying i'm i'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm definitely american yeah uh i love my roots i love my values i love you know i love everything that i've got out of the religion and the principles uh of you know my country but uh at the end of the day i was born american and uh you know to me it's the best of both worlds i have the amazing principles of you know, the Islamic religion, and I grew up in a very strict, disciplined household, but I also have the, the, the freedom of the United States and the ability to really chase my dream. So I was born um, to a family that was extremely poor. So my dad was a taxi driver his entire life, uh, you know, up until he retired, essentially and my mom worked in layaway because she didn't speak english so she'd work in back stores and she'd fold clothes and you know set up skus for business and that's kind of what she did and later on in her life she went to do more clerical assistant work at a school but uh pretty much my entire life my parents never made over $20,000 so that's been my entire journey in life and i've always been extremely motivated and hungry to make it in the united states and you know when we came here we had to live in the basement of one of my uncle's houses um, and it was a 300 square foot basement and there was one bed and me and my parents stayed there and then when i got a little bit older um, we had the dream happen which was moving to our own place which was a 700 square foot apartment in a project in a small town called weymouth massachusetts outside of boston um, where at the time it was the largest Opioid epidemic per capita in the United States. So there's people, you know, overdosing on OxyContin, people overdosing on heroin. Um, you know, I'd walk outside sometimes and see needles on the floor. So that was the environment that I grew up in.
1: Sure. So, yeah, ooh, yeah. And packed that a little bit, man. That's heavy. Uh, blue collar work, father, right? Of course. Uh Massachusetts is not the most uh most parts where you were not the best. What was your psyche as far as you can go back and look back, like, were you like, you know what, um, I'm going to get out of this and go 10x this? Or were you kind of like, ah, oh, let me see what life would take me as a kid? five years so, old. so my
0: entire life, I've been extremely motivated. I've always wanted to succeed since the day I was born. And I really believe that someone asked me the other day, Zane, do you think people are born with success? And I always say no, because when we're born, we all want one thing and that's milk. Right. All of us want milk when we're a young little baby. But as we get older, right, we start to really look at our environment and our surroundings, and that dictates what we are in life. However, there's a small group of people who look at what they have around them and they are not satisfied and they are not content. I don't care if you were born like me with nothing. I don't care if you were born in Africa with no access to internet, water or food. And I don't care if you were born a multimillionaire with a trust fund. At the end of the day, every single one of us has a goal and has a dream. And it's about the distance that we travel in life. So I always looked at myself and I said, It's going to be all about the distance. I want to go far. Now, I never saw an exotic supercar as a kid. I never saw mansions. I never saw multi-million dollar homes. I never saw designer clothes. I never saw these things that the rich get to indulge in. What I saw was people walking down the street who didn't have a purpose and who didn't have a hope. And the most successful people where where I grew up were kind of blue collar. They were, you know, police officers. They were Firemen, they were electricians, they were construction workers, they worked in supermarkets, they worked in restaurants as waiters. That was the cream of the crop of where I grew up and that was considered successful and rich. If you went into a trade and you were a part of, let's call it the electrical union or the plumbers union, you were considered successful. But I never thought of that as success. I did not want to bang a single hammer. I did not want to bang a single nail. All I wanted to do was succeed and do business, but I didn't know what that meant. So as I grew up, I was a very curious mind. You see my parents, my uh, dad would wake up at 6 a.m. and leave the home around 7 a.m. and he wouldn't come back until midnight working every single day. So I was pretty much on my own because my mom was working, my dad was working, And I was a little roamer. So I would go around and I would walk around or bike around the entire neighborhoods and just meet and talk to people. I'd walk into gas stations and I'd talk to maybe the gas station attendant or the owner of the gas station if I was lucky. And I would ask them for jobs. I would ask them how the business worked. And I was doing that at eight and nine years old. You know, I was a little kid doing these things. Um, in the place that I grew up in, there was a maintenance worker. I remember his name's John. He used to work there every single day. And every day as he was working on something, I'd walk over to him and I'd ask him, how can I assist you? How can I help? And I would help him and he'd give me a dollar and it was the best day of my life. So that was always my motivation and what I wanted to go after was just make money and figure it out because I knew at a young age, money was extremely important and it was very essential because every time my parents argued, it was over money. There was never, ever an argument that wasn't over money. It was always over money. So when I realized that, I was like, it is extremely important to figure out this money thing, because if I don't figure it out, uh, I'm going to just be just like my parents. And there's nothing wrong with them, but they didn't have the life that I desired. And I never wanted to fight with my spouse or my family about money. So as I grew up, um, the only people I saw that were young and were successful were the people that were dealing drugs. So that was kind of my first venture into entrepreneurship. Uh, At a very young age, I did my first drug. I smoked a blunt at 13 years old. Um, And then at 14 years old, I picked up my first ounce of weed and I sold it. Uh, And the first time that I ever did that, I was like, I understand how economics work. All I have to do is buy a product at a lower price and then I have to sell it at a higher price and I can collect the margin in between. And my costs are a scale and a little zipper bag. And as long as i take my cost out and factor them in the rest is going to be my profit margin and that was my hustlers university you could call it
1: how how old were you at that time
0: uh 14 years old
1: okay 14 years old you, you got the the formula the basic formula that some people takes forever to do I'm gonna For, uh, yeah I mean,
0: and i and i found out what money was you know in my first play i probably made 100 bucks and i was like wow you know, my dad has to probably go and work seven or eight hours and I just figured out how to do this with one transaction. How can I create a thousand of these transactions? Fast forward, I built, you know, a little mini Zane drug enterprise and what was crazy was no one knew about it. My parents didn't know about it. My friends didn't know about it. My family members didn't know about it. I kept it extremely low key. And I would never sell to people that were in my school or people that were necessarily my age. I would always sell to people that were, you know, four or five years older to me uh, uh, than me. And I would never talk about my age or what grade I was in. And, you know, there was times at a young age, I remember I walked down outside of the apartment uh, and there was a Toyota car that pulled up and it was a drug play that I was doing. I was probably 15 years old at this point. Uh, I had an ounce of weed. I went um, there was four guys in a the car. They were probably five years older than me. And I handed him that lead and then they robbed me. And ever since that happened, that was a very pivotal point in my career because I realized I have to go out there and no one is going to hand me anything. I have to be a tough individual. I have to be strong. And in business, sometimes shit can hit the fan. But when failure happens, you either run away and you crumble or you figure it out. So what I did was those kids were older than me. It was a kid named Evan who robbed me. I went and I said... I'm going to beat the fuck out of Evan. I hate Evan. This dude sucks. So every day I would text him. I would shit talk him. I would talk crap about him. I would tell him that I was going to hurt him. And I just, you know, became mentally strong through that whole situation. So as I got older, I remember these memories because I remember these times of adversity and how him robbing me was my life at that time, right? I was losing two or $300 at 15 years old and that was everything. So it made me extremely pissed. And it made me want to go out there and have power and be successful so that no one could ever do that to me. So fast forward, as I got older, um, right around that time, actually 15 to 16, my mom had a brain aneurysm. She had a stroke. She had a blood clot in her head the size of an orange, and she immediately went into a coma. From that point on, it took a year for her to get out of that coma. And then it took another year for her to rehab and learn her speech, her mobile ability, and really just kind of come back to life. So when she came back out of, you know, her comma and came back to consciousness, the first thing she said was, Zane, I want you to go to college. That is my dream. Now, I am no college boy. I am no graduate. I am no, uh, uh, you know, genius by any means, but I know exactly what I'm doing. I know how to get on my feet and I had street smarts, but I hated books. I hated school and I hated doing homework. So I had a 2.0 GPA. So what I decided to do was what I did my entire life, survive and fight. And I said, if I want to get into school and I want to do this for my mom, I got to survive and I got to fight. So I got to fight for my acceptance. So I applied to all these different schools. And in my college essays, I wrote about being a drug dealer. I grew up about, you know, being a first generation immigrant, figuring out how to make money. And then going through this with my mom and how this was my dream. And luckily, there was one school. It wasn't a great school by any means, but they had a 3.4 to 3.5 GPA average acceptance. Keep in mind, I had a 2.0. It was the University of Rhode Island. So I went to university. I got in. I was there for a year. I did the same thing. I was no big time drug dealer by any means. I was a small time drug dealer, but I was selling drugs again. I was promoting. How much are you making? Uh, selling drugs, probably a few grand a month maybe two or three grand a month so again you're 18 years old That's a lot of money Not especially of money. from where I come from but then I was also promoting bars and clubs making a few thousand doing that and then I was doing some real estate rental and plays all, all in in college I was probably making six figures so I was making a decent amount of money when you put all my hustles together but one day I looked at myself in the mirror um always doing drugs always partying and I remember going to these parties and seeing all of these you know kids you could call it partying and getting drunk out of their mind, looking like fools, falling down, stumbling over, blacking out. And I was like, this is not my definition of success. This is not why my parents came to the United States. They came to the United States to give me a life uh, for me to prosper and succeed and set a legacy. And my legacy will not be that I one time did a keg stand in college or I blacked out or I was the biggest partier. So I looked at myself in the mirror, slapped myself in the face, Never touched cocaine again, never touched weed again, never touched alcohol after that point. And I went all into business and success. So I
1: dropped. What's the age right now?
0: 18 and 19. So I was around 19 years old when that happened.
1: 19, this flip, a a switch came, dropped the cocaine, all the drugs, alcohol, all that out the door.
0: Correct. Yeah. So I dropped all the drugs, all the alcohol, everything out of my life. I literally didn't do a substance other than coffee and some tobacco like this. So I did that and uh, at 19 years old, I looked at myself in the mirror and said, who do I want to be and what do I want to do? And the word billionaire came to my mind. I will not stop until I become a billionaire. And that was the goal. I was just, I am not going to stop. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to figure out, but I don't see any billionaires that sold weed or sold drugs to get their way to the top. All the billionaires that I knew were people that created successful businesses. And that's what gave me the inspiration and motivation to find my purpose and my vehicle. And the vehicle came calling shortly after that. I had a friend, he came to me and he said, Zane, I have an opportunity. It's the solar industry. This is the future of the way that energy works. I want you to come. I want you to sell solar with me and I want you to do it door to door. Here's a $20,000 pay stack. Uh And I looked at that pay stub and I just remember the scene from the Wolf of Wall Street where you know, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio comes and he goes over to Jonah Hill and he shows him his check. And Jonah Hill goes, if you can show me a pay stub of that, I'll quit my job right now and come work
1: for you. I said,
0: said, if you show me that check, I'll drop out of school. (laughs) So I dropped out of school. I went all into door to door solar. I dropped all of my hustles and I started making six figures legitimately in my first year of solar. Um, I later left to go and I got... Recruited by Tesla, which was Solar City at the time. I worked at Solar City, uh, became the top sales rep there, and also building the biggest office in the company, which was based out of the Northeast. Shortly after that, I had the biggest opportunity in my life. I had a successful CEO who believed in me, and he said, Zane, if you want to come out to California, I'm launching a new solar startup. I understand the finance space of the business, I understand the software space of the business, and I understand the install side of the business. If you can come and you can give me all of your effort and build a sales and marketing force, I will give you equity in this beast. I said, okay, I'm going to come do it. I dropped everything. I left a six-figure income, which could be seven figures with override. How
1: old were you this time?
0: I was 20 years old.
1: Uh, so what's the time? What year, year was it?
0: Uh, this was probably 2016. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. So 2016, I do this. And, uh, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. So I burn all my bridges. I leave Boston, Massachusetts for really the first time ever to move somewhere. Right? I, I lived between Boston and I had lived in Rhode Island for college, but that was it. I never left this Northeast area really. So I went to California. I went all in and I was like, I'm going to burn all the bridges. I'm going to forget about all my friends and all my relationships and my connections. I'm going to get extremely comfortable and I'm going to move to the Bay area in California. So I moved to Walnut Creek, California. That was really the biggest and most uncomfortable thing I did because again, I didn't know a single soul. And what I did was I said, I'm going to recruit five killers, five soldiers that I know in my life that can run with me and help me build this thing because an army is built with a team. It is never built alone. So that's exactly what I did. I went all in to building this business and that's exactly what happened. I started as a sales manager at this company. Uh, As the company grew and scaled, they labeled me a chief revenue officer, and we built a $25 million business within our first 12 months. This was my first true sign of success. But as we scaled, um, when we got to year three in the business, I got extremely competent in the industry. I learned the inner workings. I learned about how financing worked. I learned about how installing worked. I learned the technology of the business. And of course, I was the best at sales and marketing. And I knew I was the absolute best. And no one could stop me. And I knew at that point that if you can bring the sales, no matter what industry you're in, if you can bring the sales, you will always have a job and you will always have the control of anything. Because the sales is the lifeblood and the heartbeat of an organization. So when I looked at, you know, I looked at the business partners running the business because at this point I had achieved some equity in the business. Um, and I said, what do we want to do here? And I didn't hear billion-dollar company. I didn't hear massive success. I didn't even hear scale outside of California. I heard, let's double down, let's be profitable, and let's build this nice business. And I absolutely hated that. My entire life, I grew up right, always surviving, always struggling. So when I heard someone getting you know, content and settling and not wanting to be successful, it was something I was disgusted with, quite frankly. I did not want to be around people like that. I wanted to be around people that were motivating me and pushing me to succeed. And I never wanted someone to tell me that, oh, Zane, enough is enough. I I was like, F that noise. I'm done with that bullshit. I want to go all into success. And I want to be big time here. And I know that if I want to be a billionaire, just like that promise I made to myself at 19 years old, I have to do something different. And that became my core and essential focus. So at that point, I dropped everything. I left my equity on the table. I left my business. I left everything that I had ever done to go start from scratch completely because I believed in myself so much. I had a high level of confidence and conviction. And I knew that if I wanted to win, I had to always keep betting on myself. And betting on myself never, ever proved me wrong. I always win when I bet on myself. So Damn. that's where better.
1: That's this. I mean, I'm just floor dude. I'm I'm floored. I mean I, I knew a little bit about you, bro, but I didn't know this much. So you're 20 years old. You left my 2021. See ya? Okay. Correct. Question. No,
0: no, 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 I left the business at uh, I was there for three years. I left 23. Him in 2019.
1: Twenty nineteen, you're twenty three years old.
0: Yeah, correct. Okay. I'm, I'm on, like I...
1: twenty four at this point. Okay. Yeah. I'm a I'm a timeline guy, the timeline years. I that's my thing. Question. Mom and dad. Did, they, did you say, man, I need their support. I need them to tell me, hey, son, you can go do it. Rita, go get it. You can do it. Or were you like, you know what? I don't care what the world says. Fuck everyone else. All due respect. I know I'm betting on myself. Did you have, a, you have any friends, coaches, anyone, cousins, uncles? No,
0: everyone talks shit to me. Everyone talks shit to me. Talk
1: My about uncles, talk, talk. Share, share, share the everyone, shit now.
0: Everyone told me, saying hey, you need to go to university. You need to finish your school. There is no such thing as winning at door-to-door. When I look at people today, I'm absolutely floored that they decide to go and work an office job nine to five with no hopes and dreams and putting it all aside. I put it all on the line. I went door-to-door. I got... My knuckles bloody and I would knock doors every single day. At minimum, I was hitting 100 doors every single day, having relationships with different people that I had never met before and being absolutely rejected. So rejection was in my blood. I knew exactly what it was and I knew always on the other side of rejection is success. And that's what kept me motivated and it kept me going. So while I had these quote unquote haters, these friends from college, right, quote unquote friends, absolute losers today. Uh, While I had, you know, my uncle and my family and my aunts all telling me, yo, Zane, you got to go to school. Did you see your cousin? She just graduated from Boston University and this person graduated from here and this person's getting married. I was like, fuck that noise. I don't want any of that. I want to be successful and I want to be a billionaire. And if you want to get in the way, you're not my family and the best part about it was my parents were on board they were like okay we don't agree with this we don't want you to do this but we're on board go and figure it out so that's what i did i left i started better Earth solar in 2019 and you fast forward today like i said a 400 million dollar business with 600 plus employees thousands of sales and not even close to being started today i'm 27 years old it's may 27 2023 if we look at myself on May 27th in 2026, and I am not a billionaire, I will jump off of this 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 uh, building right here into the ocean.
1: Amazing, bro. Oh, my God. The convention. Convention. Question. Around this journey up to 23, right, when you left the company, did you do any self-development? Tony Robbins, coach, I mean, do you, you believe in that stuff? Do you invest in, you know, in reading books? I call to Tony TV. Robbins.
0: Listen, I have a massive amount of respect for anyone that's built a large business. Tony Robbins has built a business that does over half a billion dollars every single year. And he owns a few hundred companies. So I respect him as an entrepreneur, but I do not respect his philosophies and his process. I don't believe that walking on fire at a, at a, at a, at a convention is, does anything for anyone. He walks on fire. He tells people to walk on fire. I think that's absolute bullshit. Right To me, that has nothing to do. I actually call Tony Robbins tiny ribbons. Why do I call him tiny ribbons? Because one day I I had a rep of mine that kept giving me Tony Robbins quotes. And by accident, uh, I auto corrected the text and it said tiny ribbons. And I've been running with that every day. Again, massive amount of success for Tony in business. But to me, that's not who I am. I don't tell people to walk on fire. I don't tell people to jump up and shout. I don't tell people to go up and down and jump on a trampoline. My pure focus with people is that everything that you want in your life is possible. And it is all up here. And if you have the the mental fortitude and you have the discipline and you are willing to go out there and work every single day without seeking any ounce or piece of gratification or, you know, uh, instant gratification, or someone commending you or acknowledging you, as long as you're okay with no one sa- telling you or patting you on the back that you're good, as long as you're cool with no one giving you a trophy, as long as you're cool with going through rejection, one day you will achieve ex- uh, success. Whether, whether that's one year, whether that's five years, whether that's 30 years. If you do that every day of your life, you will achieve success. And personally, I believe that that's the only way someone can win.
1: So mindset over everything for you? For me, it is. Mindset beats everything. Mindset is number one. The tactical habits that will come second from me. my my two cents, but how about for you?
0: That's why I hate a lot of these conferences. Listen, hopefully one day I do a sick conference and You know, a lot of people come and I can completely change the paradigm of what a conference is. But today, when I see people who go to conferences, it's these people who have these badges at these conferences. And you go back to their house and they have 100 badges that look the same. And you ask them where they're at in five years and they're in the same place. It's almost like they're a professional concert goer or sorry, a conference goer. When I look at that. Yeah. To, to me, a conference is, is entertainment for a lot of people. They just want someone to tell them something. They nod their head like this. It's a bunch of losers in a room jumping up and down. And then they don't go and they don't do anything. Sure, if you're going to go to a conference and you're going to learn data, and you're going to study a billionaire, and you're going to implement it. I commend you. The problem is 99% of the people that show don't up, do they don't get the information and they don't implement it. They just sit there. They build, quote unquote, connections with other people at conferences. And they do the same thing every single day. That's why it pisses me off. I got nothing against Tony Robbins. I got nothing against Grant Cardone. I got nothing against Gary Vaynerchuk. They're all unbelievable entrepreneurs. They're great marketers and they've built extremely successful businesses. But if you're going to go out there and you're going to study Grant Cardone or Tony Robbins and you're not going to take the information and implement it, you are wasting your time. I would rather that you went to the Taylor Swift conference.
1: Enjoy that and enjoy some music and get some things out of it. Same I do. It. With the- yeah.
0: If 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 I go to a Taylor Swift conference or I go to a Grant Cardone convention, if I don't implement anything at the Grant Cardone Convention, what difference is the Taylor Swift conference? At least I get to, you know, see Taylor Swift sing and learn some stuff and and like the music and dance. At least I'm enjoying myself. It's the same bullshit. I
1: agree with you. To so implement it. But I do
0: none of that, by the way. I do none of that. You will not catch me dead front row at a Taylor Swift concert. You will not catch me dead the front of a conference unless I'm supporting a friend.
1: Wow man insane um you've heard a lot of attraction? which
0: which which i imagine it's probably something different that every one of your guests says i'm sure no one says what i say right a lot of your guests are like invest in yourself and personal development and all this stuff yada 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 cool you can do that but what results did you get for every conference you go, if you don't level up a million dollars, don't just like, don't go. You're wasting your time.
1: I, I think we know a mutual friend in the roof, roofing business, uh, Miguel and Miguel Bulch in Orlando. He was one of the people that said he spent a lot of money, but he does stuff, right? He took action. He's successful in the business.
0: Oh, Miguel, Miguel implements, right? Miguel, over the last probably three years, has, has spent more than half a million dollars with me. Um, learning from me and following me and wanting to be around me and ever w- when I met Miguel he was doing probably a hundred thousand a month in sales today he's doing over three million dollars a month in sales
1: Where, but when was that you met him two years ago he's only been in business for three four years right
0: uh, yeah, yeah it was probably like two or three yeah he was super young he was just starting yeah. and, and I gave him all that data I helped him out and he's an unbelievable Person, but what I like about Miguel is when I say something, he writes it down, and then he goes and he copies it and he does it. People are like, "Oh, aren't you worried about people copying you?" I'm like, "No, dude, that's the whole point of giving them information." I get pissed
1: when people don't copy me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he it also has that abundance mindset too, right, Zan? Uh, Zan, you know, uh, Carcer, Carcer Nehal, in, uh, in, in, in Texas, also roofing solar guy. No, all right. And it's going back. Um, so, so de- self development. You're saying, look, it, it's awesome. But you must take action so I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch it to law of attraction the secret book came out years ago it's a big seller right i bought into it i still believe in it um you think about it you visualize it you write about it you say about it it'll come to fruition however there's something missing uh in that whole formula have you are you familiar with law of attraction
0: am i familiar with the concept of law of attraction yes, yes.
1: do you practice it at all
0: Every second, every breathing second of my life, I'm attracting something. But what do I do that 99.9% of people don't do? I take action. It's the yeah. law of action. That's it. Okay? That's one I, I one. don't sit there and dream. I don't have a vision board that I stare at every day. And I'm like,
1: one day I'm going to be
0: able to drive in a Bugatti. I'm not thinking about getting a Bugatti. I'm not thinking about getting a house. I'm not thinking about going on a plane. I'm not thinking about a trip to St. Tropez. I do all that stuff. I'm not thinking about it. That's life. That's entertainment. I'm thinking about the history books. I'm thinking about in 300 years, what are they going to say about Zane Jane in a history book? Because in 300 years, no one's saying, oh, he was so well known for going to conferences. He walked on fire better than anyone. No one's going to say that about me. What are they going to say about Zane? They're going to say Zane was a fucking titan. Zane changed the way that the world worked, and he helped humanity, and he left Earth better than when he came into it. And that is what I am focused on every single day. What I attract is that there's eight billion people around the world, and they all know my name, and I have impacted every one of their lives.
1: That's the goal. That's it's the goal. only. Yeah, yeah. that's the
0: only goal. That's all I think about. What's money? Money's a digit. Money's a digit in a bank account. People are like, oh, Zane, how could you spend $100,000 on a one-way jet ride? Because it's a digit in my bank account. That's all it is, and that's all it will ever be. I actually care more about, I care less about money than most people in the United States. Why? Because I don't look at it every single day. I look at money as a tool and a resource, and I use that resource to continue to achieve more success and have a great, abundant life for myself, my family, and my loved ones. And that is my focus every single day. And I believe any minute that you spend focused on, oh, this costs so much money. What am I gonna do? This is so expensive. You are going backwards. 99% of my time is spent on creating income, creating businesses, solving problems, and helping people.
1: You're a saver. you know, in our our Desi, Pakistani, uh, Arab community. We save the money, put it away, son, for a rainy day. What do you think about that whole, you know, slogan we have in our culture?
0: I don't look at receipts. I sign receipts, but I don't look at them. Wow. That's it. Simple as that. My, my mom looked at receipts. My mom still clips coupons. Love her to death. Great lady. Still clips coupons.
1: Even now. Her son Until is a little Still
0: sign- today. She walks into my $8 million condo and she asks me how much the electricity bill is.
1: Use that you probably smirk, right? I mean what
0: Sure. It's great. I I love it. Awesome. That that's her, but that's not me. I don't know what my electric bill is. I don't know what what I'm paying every month. I don't know what when I go to dinner and it's a and it's a, a a very nice meal and this amazing steak comes out and I'm feeding 20 people there. I'm not looking at the receipt. I'm thinking about the opportunity at that table. How can I use this dinner? to create more success and help more people? How can I make a difference and an impact? In everything I do, there is a purpose. When I'm on a yacht, I have a purpose. When I'm on a plane, I have a purpose. When I'm at a dinner, I have a purpose. When I'm on the phone, I have a purpose. When I'm on this po- podcast, I have a purpose. I do not walk around like a dead body like most people. Like most people. Me. Most people, I call them bodies. They're just bodies. They walk around. It's a meat vehicle. It's a vehicle made out of meat. And that's all they do all day long. They push their little meat vehicle around. But they have zero sense of purpose and desire. And people say, Zane, you're so selfish. How could you talk so carelessly about money? Am I selfish? How much did you donate last month? How many people did you help? What impact did you have? You're selfish by not creating success and not making money because you can't help people. Oh, but Zane... Every Sunday, I go and I feed the homeless. Well, how many people have you helped? 100 homeless people over the course of five years? I've helped tens of thousands of people.
1: Then you're religious at all? You practice Islam?
0: Yeah, I'm extremely religious. And every day, I strive to be better. I went through a stint in my life where I wasn't religious at all. And every day, I strive to be better. Sure, I make mistakes. Sure, I commit sins. But every single day, I try to be better. And I focus on that. And every day I know when I wake up, I'm a better man than yesterday.
1: 20, let's go back to 2019. You left the company. What happened after that? You're 22, 23, 23, forty, tw- 23, 24 years old. You guys say, hey, love me. I'm not working for y'all. You're good. I'm good. I want to be a billionaire. What'd you do after that?
0: Got lawsuits. I got threatened. I had people quit. I had people not follow me. I did the same thing that I've been doing since I was eight years old.
1: Fighting, Surviving
0: knocking doors, baby. I still knock doors, but not, but not literally. I'm not, I'm not in the field, knocking the door, but every time I'm doing something, every time I'm closing a deal, I'm knocking doors. That's why I think every young person in the United States, the youth, they should learn how to knock doors from the age of 10 and above. I believe it should be required curriculum in schools because mm-hmm. if you knock a door, you can get anything that you want. And that's exactly what you learn
1: you're knocking on different type of doors now, right? I mean, the game changes, There's different levels of the game, right? So, but the metrics are the same.
0: Correct, if I'm, if I'm talking to a billionaire, what am I doing? I'm knocking on a door.
1: So, okay, knocking on doors, you got lawsuits, people left you. Next, what, how How did the whole, what was the next move? You open another company, like did, how, what, what was the next move, next success after that?
0: Scale, I needed to find more people that were bought into my vision. And that's what I did every single day. If you ever hop on a call with me, I will always talk about vision. I will talk about the future. And I have one goal in mind, and that is to help people. If you come and you work with me and you are completely broke, my goal and my dream is to make you successful. And sure, there's times I have to fire people. There's times I have to lay people off. There's times I have to let people go. But just like everything in life, there's times where there's things that are dragging you down and you have to make the strong decision and confront it. That's business. But you can't be emotional about it. So my entire career has been that. It's been growing. Adding people, subtracting people. Adding people and subtracting people. Because when I look at a business, what is a business? It's a group of people. What is a government? It's a group of people. What's a country? It's a group of people. There's no machine. It's a group of people. So if you can learn people, you can master people, and you can put all of your time and energy on surrounding yourself with the best people, you will become a product of the people that are around you. And I believe I'm successful today, not just because of me, but because of the people that I've surrounded
1: myself with. You still have the same friend from childhood?
0: No, I don't know any of them.
1: Dropped out with all of them?
0: Yep. They're either dead from heroin overdoses or they're sitting there somewhere kicking rocks. They're like, oh, what about your day ones? You know, Drake always says, day ones. I don't believe in day ones. I believe in people that. Grow with you if you grow with me. We'll go. I don't keep in contact with anyone from the past who doesn't add value to my life and who doesn't want to grow with me.
1: You say building is your goal, so are you happy now? You think you're fully fulfilled right now, even though you're not a billionaire? I
0: must- was happy, I was happy when I was in the womb, I was happy when my mom was pregnant, I was happy when I was born. Am I angry? I'm always angry. Why? Because I'm living here in this, you know. 39th floor, but I, I I don't I don't I don't own the building. There's a guy that owns that entire building behind me. I don't own that. I didn't develop that. I need to keep going. So when I walk by something that I don't have, I don't ask myself, oh my God, what a lucky guy. You're all, must be so rich, must be so nice to have. I go, I am a fucking peasant. Why don't I have that yet? I was on a group text the other day. These guys being like, "Oh, saying we want a jet. Saying we want to buy a jet one day. Hopefully one day we can get a jet." Hopefully. I ch- I, I changed the group text name from whatever it was to broke boys. And I was like, "You're all sitting here talking about a jet. And Elon Musk just bought a 40 billion dollar company. That's the equivalent to over a 1,000 G5 planes." That pisses me off. Why don't why don't I own Twitter? Why don't I own Amazon? Why can't I be a part of every package that is delivered to every home across the world? I am a little baby. I'm a peasant. And that will always be my mentality until I'm the most successful person on planet Earth. And I don't just dictate success by the number. Sure, the number of money that you have, the amount of money that you have in your bank account is a scoreboard. Your net worth is your scoreboard. People can call that pretentious, but they are arrogant themselves to think that that is not a scoreboard. But I also judge myself by what I do with that money. When I have $456 billion, $455 billion of that $456 billion will go towards improving the world and the
1: economy. You have a girlfriend, married, fiance? I have a family. Good answer. Uh, How important is that for a successful man like yourself?
0: Everyone needs a family. Everyone needs a stable group of people around them that believe in them and that support them. But guess what? If you don't, you keep going and you build that up families are you're, you're not born with a family you create a family
1: will this family have kids of yours any any yet or in the future planning
0: yeah i want as many kids as i can physically and possibly have that's the Arab 30 40
1: yeah my kids
0: if my kids do not produce me at pnl by 18 years old they're fired.
1: <laughs> oh boy What's your thoughts on politics, man? Country's going, some people say it's going to the shitter right now with Joe, uh, Joe Biden. Some say- we Country's always going to shit.
0: Country's always going to shit. World's always going to shit. It's never not going to shit. You think in 1920, they were saying country's going to shit? Yes. I think in 1980, they were saying country's going to shit? Yes. I think in 2023, they say country's going to shit? Yes. The world only goes to shit if you do not go out there and do your best. But if you live your best life, the country could be in a hellhole, but you will always succeed. Because at the end of the day, the way life works is it cycles. It's ups and it's downs. It's ups and it's downs. Countries, that's exactly what happens. Los Angeles used to be the most popular city in the world. Today, it's one of the worst crime-infested, drug-infested cities. But guess what's going to happen? Next 10 years, there, there's uh, going to be an Olympics there. That They're going to put hundreds of billions of dollars into that city. Then it's going to come back and probably in 15 years will be a good city again, right? That happens all across the world over and over and over again. And if you look at the world in cycles of 20 to 30 years, that's exactly what you see. So I don't buy into that bullshit. To me, there's a far larger war on society than just a country. To me, there's a problem with the world. Young men and women are taught that they shouldn't go out there and chase their dreams. They are taught that they need to go into a system. They need to go through school. They need to go and get a job and they need to make a salary. They need to retire with a 401k and they need everyone in their family to repeat that entire cycle. That entire existence is a scam. It is an economy and it is a business. And I'm a firm believer in that. I think that's the war. I think we have a war in our youth. You go to China, what happens on TikTok? You're limited to your daily usage, number one. Number two, you are limited to educational content until a certain age. You go to the United States, you look at an eight-year-old TikTok, it's a girl twerking. It's another guy, you know, rapping. There is no value on TikTok for the U.S., you know, demographic and society and the children. And I think World War Three is the war on the mind. It is not the war with, fought with guns. It is not a war fought with nuclear weapons. It's a Trojan horse. What are they going to do? They're going to come in and it's a war on the minds. And you're going to have a bunch of kids running out there, not knowing what to do, not being educated, dyeing their hair green and pink, telling themselves that they don't know who they are and what they identify as. And you're going to have these other countries that want to be a superpower come in and absolutely annihilate us. That's what's going to happen. So I'm a U.S. citizen. I was born here in the U.S. I wasn't born here in the U.S., but I was born a natural U.S. citizen. So when I came here, my dad actually had already achieved his U.S. citizenship. So I was a natural born citizen. So one day in the future, might be 15 years, might be 30 years, I will run for president. I wasn't born here. People are like, Zane, how could you run for president? Well, I'm what's labeled and called a natural born citizen of the United States because my dad was a U.S. citizen. So I was born with that. So when i found out that i could do that because my entire life i always thought i would never be president because just simply not being born here and the policy around that when i found i was a natural born citizen that became a goal and a target and it won't be just to you know be political and to be more known but it's to actually make a difference because we do have if you look at the u.s constitution if you look at the declaration of independence you look at all of the founding fathers and what they said They set a very good example for what this country should be. And we have steered away from our principles. And whenever you look at a society that steers away from their principles, you will see a society that is decaying and dying. And that's what happens. And I believe that that is happening to our society. But I know that it can be revived. And the U.S. is the most powerful country on planet Earth. And my goal is for the rest of the world to not look at us as a joke. Because you go to Dubai right now, you go to Saudi Arabia, you go to Qatar, the Western world looks like a joke. They make fun of us. You go to China, you go to Russia, they make fun of us. And I hate that. I got a chip on my shoulder for that. I want to fight that war because I know we can win. And this is a place where true freedom and independence is built on and created. And we will get that back. So I'm not necessarily worried about it, but I want to be a part of the solution.
1: You, you read my mind and my second question for you, but by politics, you, you already got me there, material. Like Michelle things, of course, you have a beautiful uh, canal looking look in the water. You have nice cars. You like to do nice uh, sneakers. Uh, I have exotic
0: cars. I, I live in a very nice place. I have amazing trips. I travel around the whole world. I do awesome things. Yes, all of the above. But that is not what is significant in my life. What's significant in my life or what 99% of my life is that you don't see is work. All day long, I'm working. Ever since I woke up, I worked. I woke up. I went to the gym. I didn't have enough time in the gym. I went to do a call. I left the call and went back to the gym. And now we're here on the podcast. And now I'm going to go. And after this, I got calls all day long till midnight. Again, it's a Saturday. This is what I do every single day. And I will never stop doing it. Today, I could stop. I could live a much easier life. I could stop working. I could stop doing things. I could stop creating businesses. I could stop helping people. But that would make me selfish and arrogant. And I'm not a selfish and arrogant person. I believe God has put me on planet Earth to go out there and help people and help shift society into the right place. So every day until the day I die and I'm six feet under, I will work. And that's what's significant in my life.
1: Where do mom and dad live?
0: Boston. And they'll probably never leave.
1: Why? Typical D.C. Typical
0: Typical boomers stuck with the same habits and the same things. Again, I love my parents; they're awesome, best people on planet Earth, in my opinion. But they're stuck in their ways, and that's completely fine. I am the legacy here. My name is the legacy, and they they created me. So, in my opinion, Respectful they have accomplished far more than anyone that
1: I know. You you know, as I told you before we started the call, I live in South Florida, Miami, was my um, playground. I party every single day of the week in my twenties, which I regret very much right now. But do you? You're not tempted to go down there, go to go to Live tonight, go to my Poppy Steakhouse down the road? You know, I mean, like it's how do you like? Look at you, look, look turn around, man! Like, yeah, I can't believe how beautiful your background is right now.
0: I know, I know the owner of Poppy Steak. I know the owner of Live. I'm cool with everybody. I have friends. Last summer, I partied on a yacht with Jamie Fox and and Leo DiCaprio. I've partied with the best celebrities in the world. I've gone to every major event that you could imagine. I've sat courtside at NBA finals. I've, I've done everything. I have lived life for sure. But again, that is not the significance. I don't like to talk about that because that has nothing to do with why I'm here. What's significant is what got me here. Why do I have this beautiful house? Why do I have success? It's because I didn't fall into society's plan for me. I created my own plan and I created my own success. The way every single human being on planet earth can do.
1: You really luck at all? The work luck. I hear it all the time. My, one of my aunt says all the time, he got lucky, that guy got lucky. I you know.
0: Luck, luck is the best excuse on planet earth.
1: I agree. Because people
0: can you know, yeah. just, it's just, it's just, people use that as an excuse or justification again. We're all born the same way. We all come out the same way. We all crave one thing when we're born and that's milk. That's it. Everything after that is completely up to you.
1: What type of business are you part of? You say you own multiple businesses, right? We know about the solar system, right? the whole system situation. What else do you own or part of?
0: Yeah, so I own a nine figure solar installation business. I own a software business within that. Uh, I own a sales business within that. I own a construction business within that. And then on top of all of those businesses, there's probably 15 or 16 LLCs sitting there that do over a million bucks a year um, or many millions every single year. I own a eight-figure consulting business that helps entrepreneurs, business owners, and different people from different walks of life scale up and succeed in the business world because that is my skill set. God didn't you know, bring me into this world to be an NBA athlete. God didn't put me in this world to be an NFL athlete. I was not born with the ability to sing or rap. I was not born with the ability to go out there and paint. I was born with the ability to contribute to the economy, hire people, improve the economy, and improve the world. And that's what I do every single day.
1: Then I'm, I'm blown away, man. I, I, I was talking to your guy. You know, Lewis is the name. I forgot the name. That We have to do a part two face-to-face. I'll bring my camera, my lighting. You're free. In the future, we got to sit down and... Then, there's so much more I want to jump into, man. But, you know, thank you for jumping on today, Zan. I mean, dude, I, I touched on your story. I did a lot of research last night. I was up to 12 o'clock reading watching all these videos and did not do justice. What you shared today, man, I, I hope to my listeners, my my viewers that are watching this, I hope you got the same value that I got. I'm 41 years old. And, man, the fact that you have a mission and a vision. He could, you could, right now, you could retire, dude. You could be done. You could be done like stand- yeah
0: if I if I retire today put a gun to my head and kill me like that's my view why the most valuable thing I have is not this watch it's not this car it's not this house it's not this view most valuable I think I have is up here and the minute I retire it's the minute I shut this thing off
1: God bless you man God bless you for doing amazing work man Thank you, Zen. Thank you for jumping on. Thank you for jumping on on board. Strokes so Success podcast today. Um, like you said, part two, face to face. We'll sit down. Have a Hello, man. How I'm in. Awesome. Thank you, Zen. Thank you so much for jumping on oh. board.